cliffcentral.com This is one of those songs for me that is like this is what summer sounds like this is what it's like when you're like at the beginning of summer and more importantly when I'm in my sneakers this is what I feel like this is the soundtrack <laughs> that's in my head yes. I'm like hot stepper in my head and so I thought this is the way that I'm going to start this show because I'm so excited to have you here. Yay! We also excited to be here. Sneaker Shack. I went into yes. the store the other day mm-hmm. and it was like so super cool. And I thought, Marawai, did I never think about this in my life? <laughs> People will pay you to do the jobs they hate to do. Exactly. So like a sneaker dry clean or how do you explain it? How do yeah, you explain we what simply sneaker call it Shack a sneaker valet service? Simply put, halala. You know, just like that. So, Amandla, you have to tell me, mm-hmm. how does a um, trader, analyst, <laughs> <laughs> slash suit Person. that works with graphs <laughs> and monies <clears throat> and currencies from all over the world mm. start a business that is like... The sneaker shack Completely Completely Different from what I do But I think More than anything uh, I'm just a problem A problem solver By nature You know So I'm not The kind of person That will wait for Someone else to come along And solve my problems And at the time When I thought of The sneaker shack My biggest problem Was that every weekend When I wanted to go out And be a hot stepper as well My shoes were always So dirty And the thought of Sitting there and getting amavascom, namandish, namandini, just to get these shoes clean and have to do it again the next weekend, it just, it wasn't an option. So right there and then I was like, no man, there has to be a way to simplify this. I can't possibly be having a headache every weekend and um, just being stuck over something so simple. So you know I tweeted that you are wearing pumps and I was deeply like <laughs> horrified. Don't hold that against me because, to my defense, I am from work. <laughs> See, so, but any other day, you'll probably find me in a fresh pair of sneakers. So, young lady like yourself, mm-hmm. um, sneakers, cleaning sneakers, and a business around cleaning sneakers. How did that come together for you? How old? So, how old's the sneaker shack? The sneaker shack. Eh, in operating times, it's only three months old. Okay. Uh, but in terms of it existing conceptually, it's been there for about two years. I've worked on it for maybe even just over two years. But it wasn't something that just happened overnight, you know. Uh, it took a lot of grafting to get it to where it is now and operating the way it is. So why you get to be on Womandla mm-hmm. is because we believe on the show that our stories empower other girls that feel like us or think like that us or are like us mm. to do the stuff that they really want to do. So mm. you, you're talking about that it took a lot of graft. Talk us through the, the going from concept to where the store now is this beautiful mm. shop in Maboneng um, that for the past three months has been helping people be hot steppers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how, what were what were the challenges, and how did you jump over those hurdles? Okay, let me take you through everything. Mm. Uh, so the the first the first thing I did was obviously transcend it from it just being an idea in my head 
to something that was on paper. And I think that's usually the first step that most people can't get over. You know, you'll find someone has been thinking about something for a solid three, five years. And then when one day they see someone else do it, they're like, damn, I've always thought of that. But you didn't put it on paper. That was the problem. So you have to take it out of your mind and make it like a tangible thing. So firstly, I, I jotted it down. I was like, okay, well, this is what I'm thinking. But I mean, what are the logistics to this? Could this even work? I mean, is this something that people will be down for? And from there, I had to, before I even drafted a business plan, like the business plan was probably a lot further down the list. I had to research it, you know, and be it talking to family and friends and doing, um, sending out surveys and concentration groups and this and that, you know, you had to really get into people's mindsets. Like, are people really also having the same problem that you're having or is it just maybe you and everyone else is fine with washing their own shoes maybe you're just super lazy yeah maybe i'm just super lazy <laughs> you know years ago i used to think you know when car washes started mm. and were big because you know like a, a car wash for your techies would be an amazing idea yeah and then that was it it was in my <laughs> yeah, mind i was like a car, wash for, a car wash for techies yeah, but, and because i always look at with envy mm. at those people that have those white converse all the time and I'm like, where do you walk? When do you wash the stuff? When do, and I, I remember know. when I was a teenager, I mean, there were all sorts of things, and all of that, but I could never get my converse that white. Well, the, the, the one thing about being a South African brand is that uh, a lot of our process has incorporated those things where people used to use impupu, namatishu, in. So as much as we have relied, um, heavily on being modern and using the latest technology that is out there in order to help us do this thing as efficiently as possible. We've kept some things proudly South African. So you might come into the shop sometimes and see shoes, paper, mache and tissue because some processes are, have stood the test of time and they tried and tested and that's actually what works. You know, for example, you spoke of uh, all stars being that white. There's, no amount of product in the world that you can try that can get you an all-star to be as white, as white, as white, as chalk, as chalk. <laughs> and as for chalk. you to sort of, you know, you have to do it the old school way. So those were the things that you sort of discovered along the way that, oh, actually, you can't completely disregard some things, you know, just because you want to make it modern and make it seem whatever you are. It's it's just part of the process. It's part of the culture. You know, anyone that wears chucks will tell you that that's how you keep them clean. So things like that, we've also had to incorporate them into the business. And and so there's all of this research that you put into it. Mm. How much time did that take? <sighs> Listen, it took up an immense amount of time. and And I think more than anything, for me, it wasn't... I wasn't necessarily caught up in uh, how much time it's taking me and it's taking up my life and this and that. I had so much passion for it that it just, it was part of my everyday life. You know, I, I just knew that this is what I'm working on every day and I can't wait to sort of throw myself into this idea because the deeper I got, the more it just started to seem like, yes, yes, this can actually work, you know, mm -hmm. because now you've got facts backing it up. You know, you know that people do want the service. People are lazy like you. You're not the only one. People you know, need more innovative um, businesses out there. The market is saturated where everyone wants to do sort of the same thing and you're coming here with something so different. And, you know, the market is just generally hungry for new ideas, for fresh things. So the more I got into it, the more for me, um, time was never an issue. And even if it would have taken another two extra years, that would have been okay for me because I wouldn't have wanted to launch a product that wasn't ready for people because I'm so 
pressed for time. I wasn't pressed for time. I took my time with it. What else were the challenges? So the time it took um, and, and the, the lots of research. But yeah. what kind of challenges did you encounter? You know, I ask you this question because a mm. lot of the time we know, we know the economy of South Africa mm. is really stretched right now. It we is. know that it's not growing the way that it should be mm. growing. And we know that we need young people like yourselves mm. building businesses and mm. becoming entrepreneurs and like employing more people. But mm. a lot of us feel... Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, the, the challenges are endless. But um, for me, I'll summarize it this way. What was overwhelming when, you know, the, when I finally got to doing the business plan and looking at now the numbers. Okay, now I've got all the research. I've got the business plan. It looks good on paper. It sounds great. But now how do I implement financially, which I think is the biggest problem for everyone. And you're all about the numbers, (laughs) you know? So then I said, because I still had other things going on on the side and I had this and I looked at the numbers and I was like, "Mm, okay, well, uh, it's quite an overwhelming amount. So what do you mean an overwhelming amount? An overwhelming amount that you needed to get started? To get started, yes. And um, like I said before, that for me, starting it in drips and drabs and having some inferior product and not doing it to the best of my ability and the best of, um, I mean, doing it the best way possible as I'd planned it on the business plan, it wasn't an option for me. So even if I didn't have the money at the time, I was still going to wait, maybe like work for it or whatever until I could put up the funds. But then I thought to myself, instead of being um, this crazy superwoman that's going to now and rob a bank, in order to implement this idea, why don't I find someone to work with? In other words, someone that can share the load with me, you know? So I think just there is the first step because a lot of the times we get caught up in the idea of ownership, you know? People just want everything to be theirs. Yum, I don't want forever. And the idea of someone else coming there into your space and taking your idea and your what, what. So then you, you, you deal with problems by yourself and then it just gets out of control because now you can't do it because you're overwhelmed and X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z. So I was just like, listen, if I could find someone that is just as passionate about this as I am and wants to go about it a different route, maybe that's fine. But if I can find someone to share this burden with me and create this thing, then I'm good. I'm, I don't care who owns what, but as long as it actually happens and I'm still a part of it. So luckily in my journey, some odd reason or another, you know, when you speak, the universe listens. Um, Hallelujah. <laughs> and then <laughs> I came across uh, my business partner, and it was just a and chance typical encounter. like a man he's lost. He, yes. He's typical <laughs> like a man. He should what be here, but he's lost. Without us. <laughs> You know, so eventually he will so, join us. We um, hope. Eventually, that it would be great to have him here. <laughs> he he'll join us. But um, just throughout a, a chance encounter, you know, I found I met him through his cousin, and uh, that day we were all there. I mean, the sneaker shack had already been such a huge part of my life that I'd become that boring girl that every time he talked to me. I'm just talking about the sneaker shack, you know. So somehow or another, we got to talking. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Later, we were, yeah, we were deciding. <laughs> now he's not even walking into this. Welcome, Lolo. Hello. We, we uh, sit here. This is Mike Foy, and I'm going to turn you on. Just, 
we're, we were just talking about how, like a typical man, you got lost. Like a typical yeah. man. What would they be without women? This is why here they'll all just be like wandering around, lost, not knowing where to go. All of them. No, guys, you know, Santon traffic is real. <laughs> it's like a real thing. Santon traffic is real, and yeah. yet here we were. Mm, mm, True. I'll give you that. <laughs> Anyway, I'm here, he's here, we're a team, don't stress Welcome, and this is actually the part where I actually am getting to find out about you and how you came into Mm. the picture Lolo, you must come to the mic Okay The mic must be right in front of you Right Yeah, girls are also so much better at dealing with this mic thing (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow This is a really empowering show, eh? (laughs) I'm taking you there. You there. <laughs> okay. So, t- tell me about you because I don't know you. I know her because mm. I know of my brother, right? Yeah. So I know her. Yeah. I don't know you. Where did you come from, and and how did you get to this like crazy world? Sneaker shack. Let me see if you're wearing sneakers. Right. Yeah. I'm always wearing sneakers. I got every my, day. Every day. Ultra boost. I'm caged. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Basically, Ew. I'm um I'm a business major. Um. I did most of my studying abroad. And then I, when I got back, is that um, that accent that I hear? Okay. No, this is this is what. Don't confuse me. Broadway. No, don't confuse me. Okay. So, uh, and then when I got back, um, I think about my first year, or second, second year, I got back. Um, I was kind of shuffling, not sure what to do. Uh, and then on my birthday, oddly enough, uh, my cousin invites me over to his house, mm. and that's where Amanda was, and we got incredibly drunk, and. She, <laughs> And she oh, told I me about this. Part. this <laughs> she that part no, out. no, we got like incredibly. Yeah, it, it was a mess. And then, and then, like we got talking about like ideas and and what we up to, what she's up to. And then, like we kind of bumped heads on this idea that she came up with called the sneaker track. Uh, and then originally it was supposed to be for like Chuck Taylors. Mm. Um, and then we kind of expanded on that. We bumped heads, seeing how we can expand it, where we can do this, how we can do this, and mm. yeah, and it it it. it it kind of worked out, you know. Um, Perfectly. Yeah, it kind of worked out. And um, we, we have some good synergy working together. And this is where it, it's got us. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, 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 been a, it's been a wild, ra- rough, wild ride. Rough and wild ride. <laughs> Tell me about the rough. No, I mean, I mean, like, you know, like all businesses, like when you're trying to start a business, I think the most important thing is finding synergy between people. Mm. Um, and once you've got that synergy, it's, 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 it's just like let the magic happen, right? Of course. It's not like the textbook, ne? No. no, it's not like the textbook <laughs> no, at all. At all. Not, not at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not. I think everything I've studied, I've kind of thrown out the window at the moment. Mm. <laughs> because like, I mean, business school gives you all these uh, five point plans on how to do this and how to do this. Mm. But like, I think what you most learn is you have to adapt. And, and every day you're adapting to a different kind of um, uh, sort of atmosphere or environment um, as a small business. Yes. And uh, if, if you can't adapt, then pff, you know you might as well throw all those. Um... So I'm sure people ask you what your biggest lesson about business has been right. to this point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I want to know what your biggest lesson about yourself has been mm. through this journey of starting a business. Woo. <laughs> Such a deep question. (laughs) I have to do some introspection right now. Um, I think for me, the biggest lesson, not not even, I would say lesson, but the the thing that I've learned about myself is that um, I am a creator. In other words, I'm not a person that just sits on their back when they have something brewing in their head and they let it just run past. In other words, I feel like I'm a go-getter. 
That's what I've learned about myself, which is probably something I had slipped on maybe before that, you know, because you sort of, especially when you adulting, you know, a lot of you, you doubt yourself a lot of times, you know, you just like, oh, well, let me just get this job and pay these bills and live and die. And that's it. And then you do something that's awesome and you step back and you're like, hey, listen, I like I, I did that. I was a part of that. So I'm a creator. I'm not I don't like just let things pass me by. I go in there and I make mm. things happen. So even if this business had to close down in the next three months, fact is we thought of it, we did it, and we gave it our best shot. So on to the next. So that means that going forward into anything else in life, that's sort of the same principle you apply. You make things happen. That's what I've learned about myself. And for you, Lola? Cool. I think for me, uh, if there's one lesson I would give out is be open. Be be open to a lot of things. Mm. I think when when people start... Ha- businesses they they have this idea of you know of what it is they're going to do or whatever but i think um be, be open in the beginning especially mm. in the first two three years of, of your business be open be be very adaptable um that's the only thing i would i would probably say is is yeah. um are is, you making money yet of essence we like we're not in sort of the green um but but it's it's but not, not in the red either we are, yeah we're not in yeah. the, like we like we, we we're making the overheads you know, mm. so so we keep in the business afloat, um, but again, like one of those principles of of being open is don't limit yourself to to making profit first day. Mm. I think I, th- I think that's the big mistake. People walk into businesses wanting to to be a billionaire tomorrow, um, and that's the biggest mistake is this kind of short sightedness. I think exactly be open to 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 making mistakes. Be open to to having a bad month, having a bad two and months. And learning, you know? learning yeah. as well. We've learned and so just much. Adapt. Really. I, I, like what? You, listen, like the things that we know now are not necessarily about things washing that we knew sneakers. Last year. Exactly. <laughs> like know? what? We, I mean, when we started, remember we were like, okay, you know, well, what's the best way to wash um, these sneakers? Okay, no, we're gonna. We even had a budget. Remember, friend, we're like, yeah, we're gonna have some almost stocked up, and you know, some maybe aerial and this and that. And the deeper we got into, it, we we're like, hey, listen, there are other people in the world that have a product for this kind of stuff like that. It, it actually exists, and we're like, oh, okay, well, let's move, let's let's shift it from the washing powder I, uh, mentality <laughs> and move into a more like modern 21st century vibe you know things like that where um the processes the methods the like different kinds of brushes and materials and shoes and you know it's just it's been such a learning curve and from where we even in terms of um just being able to deal with things like landlords and because remember when before we even moved into the space there was nothing there mm. Like it was just a big open plan. When we got the shop, we got it on paper. We we're like, yeah, we're going to buy it. We want that's that. We weren't even ready for the amount of drama that came with <laughs> watching something being built from scratch. You know, other days we'd walk into the shop and the ceiling was on the floor. Like, you know, things that you just, you weren't prepared for in your head because in your head you thought you would just get this beautiful shop that's just there, but you weren't quite aware of all the things that are going to happen in between, you know? So we've honestly, We've learned so much. And just from different people, listening to family, friends, the right people and, you know, the the sneaker culture. Right. You know, Lola was just telling me just the other day that, you know, there are so many people to learn from. Things that we hadn't even thought of in our heads because at first you just thought it would be something where it's just a business and we're making money. But we've also realized that we have to get into the sneaker culture. Tell me, so tell me about the sneaker culture, right? So my brother has... I, I can't I can't even think about it how many pairs of sneakers. Yeah. And every time he's just like, Oh, I've got new sneakers. I'm like, How? You have 
a whole lot of other sneakers, you know. I have lots of sneakers because... I try not to wear like <laughs> You keep your attention and luck. And he, yeah, <laughs> my, you know, sneakers work. I work hard. I need you know, I need to go. be grounded. Mm, it's all of, but I don't know about a sneaker culture. Tell yeah. me about the sneaker culture. Yeah, I mean like so obviously the sneaker culture is, is not obviously American. <laughs> it, 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 it's American, okay. And um the whole idea of, of, of a sneaker culture basically originates from the nineteen seventy nineteen seventies. Um, and it, it's a culmination of a lot of things that were happening in the States at the time. Um, obviously, it's the sports aspect of it, primarily basketball, mm. uh, uh, the emergence of the hip hop industry that was pretty, that was pretty big for, uh, uh the sneaker culture. And, and what really put it on its head, um, uh, was, was, was Michael Jordan, right? Mm. So, so, so Michael Jordan came out as this, um, college MVP player went out to, to play for Chicago Bulls and Phil Knight, uh, the, the CEO of Nike, had the brand idea of... Who, by the way, did not like the swoosh when it was initially presented <laughs> to wasn't, him. yeah. Yes. He, he, he hated was the like, swoosh. he hated the swoosh. He hated the swoosh. What is yeah. this? Yeah. He, he was just like, oh, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. Granted, he paid $35 for the swoosh <laughs> at the time. So it was a good deal. Um, like, he wasn't very business-minded, Phil Knight. And, and he, he kind of, you know, like, he's, he's on that boat. He said, look, I'm not, I'm not a business guy. Mm-hmm. I just had this guy, I, I just had this passion for track yeah. shoes and then I want to make a track shoe that works. Um, uh, B- B- Bill Bauman was his coach in high school um, and in college and they kind of bumped heads and and they come up with this idea of of making the base track shoe and that came up to be is this huge athletic band as we know it today but yeah so so this nickel culture kind of grew from from that um michael jordan uh being this uh mvp player moving on to nba and what really blew it up was his first jordan um um, uh, the Air Force, uh, the one, mm. the, the Air Force one. And what really made it like, uh, unique w- was that when he was playing with that Air Force, the color metrics that they used, this black on red, uh, was against NBA regulations, which means that the sneaker ended up being banned. And regardless of the band, Michael kept on playing with the sneaker, paying $5,000 every game he played. Uh, and that just Blew up this whole idea of like I can get this very rare sneaker. So this idea of rare just just blew up. Mm. So 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 sneakerheads and the sneaker culture. It's all about getting the rarest sneaker. Um, you know, at 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 the best sort of price. Uh, and now we have the emergence of resellers where you can find like, you know, a, a Yeezy seven fifty boost for like. Uh, like 16, 17,000 rand, you know, like that's all the emergence of resellers. So these prices, these inflated prices, I call them that you see now, isn't really like, you know, the base price. Um, but, but, um, yeah, so that, that's basically the sneaker culture is it comes from like, from sneakers being really rare in essence. Mm. And so you're like, cause now I'm like listening to all of this. I'm thinking, oh, okay, I can see why. Cause my thing would be, I just want my sneakers washed. Yeah. I don't want to have to deal with, Washing sneakers, yeah. and right now I'm thinking, do you have like a um, a minimum shoe size, right? <laughs> because my son wears white sneakers to school, and his sneakers actually need a wash, right. and there's nobody to wash his sneakers <laughs> right now. So, do you? Do, how does your store work? But maybe before you answer that, I do have to. Um, I do have to play an ad. Pay the bills, baby. Pay I the do bills. have to play an ad. <laughs> but also because Amanda's been like, I need to wait. I need to wait. So this is your chance. I'm going to play an ad, play a song. And then when we come back, I want to know how Sneaker Shack actually works. The the real thing went from when I walk in and drop off my sneakers cool. or mm. my son's sneakers to when I get them back. Cool. 
Okay, awesome. I am a South African. I carry the hopes and dreams of my country and the generations to come. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanye, we believe the future of our country will be defined by our actions today, which is why we are committed to the development of our leaders. Sibanye, we are one. Visit us on sibanyegold.co.za. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. We're out here um, talking about and the kind of stuff that changes things. That's why uh, Zonke and that Jigizinto, which is one of my favorite local songs, is all about <laughs> changing. It is, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's awesome. Good. It's like changing the way people see things and changing the way that people do things. Yes. Which... When we think about it, every innovative business in mm. the world right now is simply taking something that's always been there, always thought, but twisting it a little bit. And now it's like Uber. Everybody, you know, people can't like imagine driving their it, own cars. It's like Uber Foods. People can't imagine driving their own cars. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and so tell me how it works. I come to the sneaker shack with my son's sneakers, right. which are like this small. Right. And then what? Okay. Well, basically, there's a four-step routine that happens. Uh, you'd bring in your sneakers and then it, w- it would get assessed by a sneaker care technician. Basically, he'd have a look at the kind <laughs> a what? of… A what? Technician? It's called sneaker a sneaker. Believe it or not, there's sneaker like words. Sneaker care technician. Like legit, legit. Like there's words for this. I mean, and… um. He would basically assess it. He'd have a look at the kind of stains um, that your sneakers have, like the, the kind of treatment that it, uh, it would need. And he, he, he'd then advise you. Well, like we have a whole menu, a whole list of like kind of washes that, um, uh, you know, we do. But he would kind of advise you on the best kind of wash that would get your sneakers back to uh, prime standard, basically. But prime standard, yeah. y'all. Unless you, you're that um, pedantic customer. Where you already know that, like, listen, like, if you are a sneakerhead, for example, and you know that, listen, I don't want my laces touched. I just want you guys to do the midsole, and that's it. You know, we get we get customers like that. <laughs> we, you know, you, they I'm take their sneaker love to that level. I'm know? just out here thinking about all those mothers with all those kids with every kind of sneaker, mm. and they're just like, and they smell like <laughs> the thing about sneakers, which has always been the thing. I think my mother, yeah. my mother. Hey, it's Converse. Even to this day, she sees me in the Converse. She's just like, (laughs) because they like have that clunk. Yeah. (laughs) And they're very hard to clean, Converse. And they're hard to clean. So, you know, and also they sell bilbos, you know, on some, they can get dirty. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's a thing that they sell. So, and then you get the advice. So I've got my son's sneakers and these are just like his, P.E. sneakers, they're just white. I just want them to be clean and yeah. to not smell funky, you know, yeah. and his shoelaces to be clean. Yeah. And so then what? I drop them off. I don't need the yeah. big, like, consult. Well, when you drop them off, you will mention that, uh, mm. listen, there's a bit of a clunk here in this kid's uh, shoes. Mm. And all we'll simply do is uh, deodorize it for you and make sure that it smells How lovely long? again. How long? The How standard long the turnaround process? time is two days. But um, say you come 
and you're the first in line because it also depends on how much we've got going, you know. So, so you if could I even come get on a Monday, day. if I come on a Monday, we don't open on Mondays. If you come oh. on a Tuesday, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> on a Monday, Monday should be your busiest day. People have been wearing their sneakers all weekend, yo. We know, but um, that is purely because of um a location thing. Okay. Where we are in Mabuneng, Mondays are just generally the dull, cl- the mm. dull closed days, you know. So. That's just how it is. It, it, um, for us, it wouldn't make businesses either, either to be the only ones that are mm-hmm. like open and there's like one person that comes in. So we start operating from a Tuesday. And then I have to drive all the way to Maboneng or do you do a like pickup drop off? For now you do, Uber. but that's definitely, um, something we're working on. You know, mm-hmm. we would like to create an app in the future where you just literally log onto your phone. Someone comes and picks it up and it takes however many time, um, however many days and we would drop it back off again. But the thing we found with that is that initially that was what we're going to do before we even had the store. And then we found that because you're dealing with, you know, shoes and someone might have a shoe that costs two rands, but someone must have, might have a shoe that costs 20,000. So there's like a trust issue that goes on there. So we thought it would be better first to let people know that, Hey, actually we are an existing business. We're here. We're legit. We're not going to run away with your shoes or whatever it is. So it's just to gain that the trust between us and the customer. So then it'll be something that we introduced in the last leg of our business. Mm -hmm. So by then you won't even have that worry, you know, where, Oh, I wonder where my shoe is and what's being used on it and which dodgy corner of the world that's being watched you know so um it was important us it was important for us to sort of build a brand really first and then go into that so speaking of the worry around where my shoes are what dodgy corner of the world are my shoes getting washed i mean we never worry about dry cleaning right you just drop it off yeah somewhere and then your clothes will come back like at the yep. end of the day mm. and they clean and all of that stuff. But what is the washing process? Do you then have in the back of the shop like a little sweatshop <laughs> with like 15 guys sitting there never scum, the scrubbing brush? <laughs> I think what is the washing more than process? Anything, uh, um, this is why people always get so shocked when they come into the shop because when you think of cleaning shoes in a South African context, that's the first thing you think. You think of a guy named Dishing Ama Omo and that's it, baby. Orange, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have a completely different process. We call it the sneaker shack process. Firstly, we don't fully submerge shoes in water. You know, we like to keep our cleaning as um, minimally water-based as possible. So because of the products that we use, it, we use that um, along with the microfiber cloths. So what we do is like a, a a foam process, basically. So along with the product and the microfiber cloths, we don't, then it, it eliminated the need to then have so all you simply do is our sneaker care technician and we've got like an open door policy where you can see him at work. You know, he simply just dab, dab some product and a bit of water, scrub, scrub, foam, clean, and your shoes clean. So there's no giant big mess of indishin, nesagalama orange, and all sorts of things. It's a very clean, quick process. Tell me about the research of getting to that part where mm. you're just, because like I said to you, in my mind, when it was like a car wash for techies. Mm. Right? So you arrive, there's a production line, so <laughs> scrubbing brush, what, what. Right, right. So how did you, where did you even find all this like technology that you're using, all of the, you know, the microfiber cloths <laughs> <laughs> and the foam products and yeah. all of that. And has it made your offer expensive? Um, well, basically, 
we're not the first people to start um, a sort of valet service. Okay, uh, one brand, Jason Mark, is basically the guy and the brand that kind of trumped up this mm. whole idea of, a, of in-store sneaker cleaning service. Uh, and they're based outside of Little Tokyo in Los Angeles. Um, so we, we we had a very good hard look at what they do and who their clientele is and, and, and what kind of atmosphere is, is, is derived from such an idea. And we we borrowed a lot from them. I think we took a lot of inspiration from them. Not to say we kind of duplicated them, but we didn't try and reinvent the wheel. Mm. Okay, And we kind of saw that this is a pretty... Uh, novel sort of idea because it's 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 not wildly or widely known, right? Uh, we're very comfortable with the idea of laundries uh, for our suits or whatever it is, but but uh, once you shift that care to like sneakers, um, we realize that people care as much for their shoes as they do about like they suit or they dress whatever it is. So so if we were to le- legitimize that process of getting shoes really cleaned um, in a professional manner. Then, then you you would um, inevitably build a clientele. So the products that we use are um, sort of international products. They, they we it's, they're kind of widely sourced. Uh, but the three brands that we kind of champion um, in, in our shop, um, and when I say champion, I mean we've they're kind of proven to work, right? Mm. And, and they're really really good products. Um, would probably be Jason Mark itself, and uh, they. Like I said, a US-based product, and then you've got uh, Crep Protect, Protect. Uh, which are uh, based in Northwest London. Um, uh, these are like these Brighton um, Indian kids uh, came up with a really good idea uh, with Crep, and then a more sort of um, uh, European product, which is is based in um, um, Netherlands, Netherlands, Holland. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Sneaker Lab, Sneaker Lab. Uh, but they've got they 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 hold subsidiaries in South Africa and whatnot. So those are the three products, and these products you can like you can find them in stores. I mean, if you go to like Shesha, if you go to uh, Sports Scene, whatever, you'll find them on the shelves. Um, but we alleviate the problem of actually doing the, the work. The work. <laughs> oh, it's the work, work, right? It's the work that's the pain. Yeah, it's you know? the work that's the, 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 yeah. the hard part. The hard part you know, yeah. I actually have a pair of sneakers that I've never washed and now I actually, they're like ruined. I can't yeah, I mean, that, that was what we'd come across even in the research stages that people would even just rather buy a new pair than to get that <laughs> other one washed because you're just like, hey, listen, that work, I'm not for it. Yeah, I was yeah. just never for it. And going back to what you were saying with the, the kitty shoes, we obviously do charge them differently. Um, we'll, uh, we give you discount on the kitty shoes, so it won't be the same shoes as an adult size shoe. I mean, his two <laughs> shoes are the size of <laughs> my one like shoe. The ha- yeah, the half of everything. <laughs> so, um, and the thing is that we are the first ones to legitimize it on this level in our country because growing up, like, you no, know, being a person that is from the hood and whatnot, you've always seen these guys. Like, there'll be maybe a spot in some corner and he just, you know, does it. Or, you'll know, you'll, there'll be a go-to guy where everyone just, you know, takes him there for 15 rands or whatever it is. However, the problem with that is that getting deeper into the shoe and, let's say, the more expensive the shoe, the more complex it gets. So you can't treat, let's say, uh, an ultra boost that you bought for however much with the same treatment that you would treat let's say a chuck taylor mm. it's two very different shoes two very different materials you know so you have to give it different care so that's the problem or having your suede shoe now dunked in 
water Yo, and omo. Guys, and those it suede comes shoes. And I come from that era. Like, you know what I mean? That, so, that like suede shoe era where you just where you had to get that wire brush and exactly, and you you had to wash it like so just enough to not like eat exactly. away. Exactly. So that's <laughs> what we did. Fiber. <laughs> Do not reveal your age. Whoa. <laughs> this is a thing. And so I still have a deep rooted like fear of suede. Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. So that's where we also come in to alleviate those fears. We say, no, no, no. We treat shoes differently. It's not a. Okay. So you did the research. Mm-hmm. You got deep with yourselves and, and you took the plunge and you've opened the store. Yes. And the past three months have been. Nothing but love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, look, it's been an honest answer. There, it's it's been tough. Mm. Like, it, like, like, it's a tough financially. Let's say that because um, when you're starting a business, you have to understand that, like, like I said, you're not going to make a billion tomorrow. So we we kind of prepared for that. Um, like, we kind of uh, anticipated that. Okay, um, for the first six months, uh, l- let's not even think about bottom line. Let's not even think about. Um, Profit margins or whatever it is, so so um, you cannot well, not think about profit margins. This is like <laughs> the thing is you can. This is the one thing you must never forget from business school. Profit is important. Yeah, and, and buy and, low, sell high, <laughs> make more than you <laughs> spend. Right, that's the only principle. I will tell you that well, they lied to you <laughs> at business school because because um, profit is generated by customers. Profit is not generated by a standalone business. Okay, so so without customers, you have no profit. So so you can't, in essence, you can't be thinking about profit from from day one because you got no customers, so there's no profit to be thinking about yeah, at so all. Yeah, you have to center your thinking around <laughs> how to get the customers there. Yeah. But I think another thing, um, the reason I said it's been. We keep on going because we have received such good feedback. Yeah. You know, it was when, you know, at this point of the business where you realize that, listen, we've even got like regulars, you know, where people yeah. are putting sneaker shacks into their lives. Like on a Sunday, I have to do the drop off or on a Tuesday, I have to do Guy, the pickup. I'm telling you so now. So you know that. It's about to be like, sure. Yeah. So we now know that actually we were spot on. You know, not to say that mm, actually what we're thinking, like there's no one that walks into the shop. No one comes here. No one does anything. So yeah. it, it eggs us on to say, okay, let's push some more. Let's get more customers in. Let us get ourselves out there and solve other people's similar problems, you know, and get them into the sneaker shack. So we're on the right track. Obviously, there's a lot of work that has to go in behind the scenes to getting the customers to the actual shop. And mm-hmm. Lola's yeah. right that. If we're only sitting there worrying about, oh no, we're not making this much money, and and and, and, and then we'll be taking away from just getting the brand out there, getting the service out there, and you know those kinds of things. Because if you focus too much on, and mind you, these were things that we had to budget for to say that, listen, we know that it's not going to make this and that much money over this and that much time. So let us budget for this time where we sort of have to carry the business through till such and such a time. With that alleviated, we then can focus on the other parts of how to actually bring traffic into the business, how to grow the brand. Because in terms of extensions, I mean, this is not the only, we don't want the sneaker shack to just be the only sneaker shack in Little Mabuneng. We want to, we want to get bigger. We want to open up everywhere. I mean, what if you live in Pretoria and you can't come to Mabuneng to get your shoes clean? You know, so those are the kinds of things that we are thinking about. Not just like here and the little sense that we're making, but sort of the bigger picture always. So is the sneaker shack like an upmarket um, experience? 
Or is the sneaker shack going to be in my hood, in Pimville? Is the sneaker shack going to be, you know, is it going to be there or is that not your market at all? Um, well, I mean, we'll basically be where the culture is. Mm. Um, like, so, so we won't really be a commercial kind of next to your pick and pay kind of brand. Uh, we're going to be where, where the culture is. And right now, um, we're a little off in, in Maboneng, but it's close enough to Bramfontein that that's probably uh, where the culture is, right? Mm. And then obviously um, a next sort of um, sensible move would be something like Rosebank to a, a bit more of a commercial aspect to it. But that, again, a lot of sneakerheads hang out in Rosebank. That's that's where the culture is. And then um, the next logical step would be Woodstock in Cape Town, you know. So, so we, we'd kind of move with the tide. Um, so we won't really... Uh, commercialize ourselves too much because that's that's not what we're about. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't say we're a, um, uh, a upmarket brand, but um, our prices are for the sort of medium to high LSS. What are the prices? So a sneaker. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm not wearing a sneaker that needs washing today. But <laughs> like, <laughs> but say for example, you did bring your yeah, um, like a high top, a high top. Yeah, like a high top sneaker like this. Right. And I'm a like size. Wait, pull that out. Let me see. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's um um your Chuck Taylor, obviously, and that's that, a that's leather. a leather, right? So mm. we we would see that as a premium, a premium material. material. Okay. So so we have what you call standard materials and your premium materials, um, and to break that down, it's basically the more high maintenance materials versus the less maintenance materials, right? So 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 the premium materials would be the high maintenance materials, and we charge you a bit higher. Um, of a cost because there's certain things we need to do to that that we would ne- not necessarily do to like a standard canvas material. So so our price would range from um from from ninety rand, which is our standard you know entry level price, mm-hmm. uh, all the way to one hundred ninety five rand, which is the more technical washes. And that the the one hundred ninety five rand we normally deal with um, a lot of our resellers. So these are like the small sneaker boutiques that do the sneaker exchanges. Um, you know, they would c- come in and get it completely washed, insole, undersole, everything. It looks pretty, brand it new. looks brand new. So they can go off and package it and sell it off to, to uh, you know, s- someone else. Mm-hmm. But but our more standard, you know, are between the sort of 90 to 120. And, and the more technical it gets, you know, the, the higher price. I am completely blown away. <laughs> I'm blown. No, I'm completely blown away because when I look at you, when you walked in, when I look at you, you're like, you know, young, funky people. And to have found a niche in a place that's not glamorous, I think, mm. you know, like washing shoes is <laughs> what you do. And to have been able to, to create this um, service offering. That is so fresh, for lack of a of a better word, yeah. right? Fresh works. Yeah. I like fresh. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm also hoping that like when my kids' shoes come back, they'll right. smell fresh. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking this is, you know, and and the the kind of um, service that it is, and and why I thought, oh well, I must have you on this show is because I'm thinking of all those moms, you know, yes. I'm thinking of all those yes. girls that are like me that are just like, yo. These shoes, something must be done. And there's just no time. You know, the modern family just doesn't have time anymore. Mm. So killing time is also just... It's really impressive. And thanks mm. for coming through. So thanks just for having us. Tell, okay, let's, let's give all the good details, right? Mm-hmm. The Sneaker Shack is where? Okay, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram for now at the Sneaker Shack SA. Uh, that's one word. 
or you can just physically pop into our store in Maboneng on Maverick Corner. It's on 300 Commissioner Street. That's 300 Commissioner Street. And we're open from Tuesdays to Sundays, 11 to 5 on Saturdays until 4 on Sundays. 11 to 5. Yes. Every day. Mm. And 11 to 4 on Sundays. Yeah, that's 10. Sorry, not 11. 10. 10, 10 o'clock. 10 yes. o'clock in the morning. In the morning. And when I get to the sneaker shop, I will find who? Our sneaker care technician. He goes by the name of TK. TK is yes. in the store. He's in the building. <laughs> right. So, and two days, two days lead time. I'm going to put you all to the test. I'm going to come through. I'm going to drop off my kids' <laughs> shoes. I'm going to put you to the test. Do the thing. Are there shoes you don't take? Because this is also, you know, I don't want to like come I mean, all the we, way there. We've had this strange um, pouring in of loafers, you know. We don't take loafers. Dude, it's that way. Everyone's just like, yeah, but why don't you just do like, you know, it's a, it may as well be the same thing. It's just, we, we unfortunately, we don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, it would be easy to mm. like say we, we do all shoes, but um, I think brand identity mm, is, is, very is our important. key right now. Um, and we'll, once we kind of loosen that and say, oh, you know. Yeah, because then people with things. high heels will come and be like, yeah, but then you can just do these. Yeah. And, so, you know. so, so I think like we, we're really focusing on brand identity and we, we're all about sneakers. Mm. And, and, you know, uh, I know suede takes different kinds of, of, of forms. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> okay. but, uh, but, but it has it's, to be a sneaker. Strictly sneakers. Strictly a sneaker. Okay. Strictly. So, social media handles, your social media handles? Uh, my social media handle or is <laughs> the Sneaker Shack SA. That's that, that's my that's my handle. That's your handle. <laughs> Lolo, what's your last name? Uh, and Lovu. Lolo and Lovu. Yeah. And Amanda Macapella. Amanda Man, where's it's like social media handles? Oh yeah, you can only find me on Instagram. Oh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, on Instagram, it's at Miss Macapella. That's M A K H A P E. There's no H after the P, P-E-L-A. And then on Facebook, you can just find me as Amanda Macapella. If you were to tell one young person, look them dead in the eye about starting a business that may not seem like much, hmm. but can actually like blow up. What is that one thing? Just do it. Swoosh. Don't overthink things. I think people overthink too much. You know, you can think yourself to death about why it won't work. Think about why it will work. Just do it. There's nothing stopping you but you. The only thing that is in the way of everything is you. And the minute you just do it, write it down, talk to someone, just do it. Don't think about why it won't work. Think about why it will work. Just get to it. So this is a big question. It sounds small, but it's a big mm. question. And I think a lot of people think I can't do anything. Um, I can't do this. I can't bring this idea to life. I can't start this business. I can't move to the next level because I need to be funded externally. Yeah. yeah. yeah How did you finance your like venture? That's, that's a big thing. And just, I mean, like to go off of the first question, um, doubt is good. I think fear is good. I think I think it's good because it, it helps you to think, um, and it helps you to think very calculated. I think, um, but at the end of the day, even if you doubt yourself, I think you have to trust yourself a little more. Um, but like I think when it comes to the funding question, um, we kind of self-funded um, the business, so we we are. That, that privileged black. <laughs> We're on <laughs> like, blessers. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I mean, I mean. Um, but my thing is, even even with 
us being able to fund ourselves. It's from hard work. We didn't just say, mom, dad, please give me however much. He works, I work. So he had to literally do whatever he does in his corners. I had to do what I'm doing in my corners to put together my money. If that means having a nine to nine or a nine to five or taking some freelance work or doing this, whatever messy things you need to do just to get the money, then do it. And don't get overwhelmed by trying to do everything all at once. You know, just start bit by bit. You don't have to have five million. You can even start with 500. Maybe 500 will get you like that exam pad and pen. You might need to jot the stuff down, you know, but start off small and, the, the only thing that matters is that you must start The only thing that matters Is that you must start Lolo you know you got the invite because of her right <laughs> if, y'all were, if you were like sneaker shack All, your, all by yourself You weren't coming in here <laughs> Feminist vibes like, We're all about I'm trying to keep it down I'm trying to keep it down I'm trying to keep it very low key here. <laughs> Thank you I'm Thank you sneaker shack Thank, Thank you, you Sneaker so Shackers, for, for coming through. It is inspiring and it is amazing and all power to you. Good luck with the future. And thanks for coming through and... Keeping it real. Keeping it real with I'm Pumi Mashekho and you have been listening to Woman. Cliffcentral.com.